Hey there, it's Mark. Pickleball Problems is brought to you by Selkirk TV. Selkirk TV gives you a front row seat to live pickleball matches, past championships, on-demand skills training, including my pretty great show called Pickleball Today, as well as behind-the-scenes insights and so much more. Available in the App Store and on Google Play, Selkirk TV is the perfect app for any pickleball fan. Download the app today for free and get started watching Pickleball's very best online content. Selkirk TV. What's a great drill for novice pickleball players? What about the intermediate ones? What are the best drills for advanced players, the 4.0 plus crowd? These are questions that I am often asked from pickleball instructors, and sometimes this is in person when I see them, sometimes this is over DM or they email me, mark at thirdshotsports.com. Anyway, people are very curious about what I think, at least, are the best drills for different levels of skill. And I'm happy to answer these kinds of questions. I mean, I've written some different drill guides that uh, that people can use to think about different activities you can use. But when I respond to these, I almost always add something else. And I say something along the lines of, look, drills themselves aren't inherently fun or boring. It's how they're packaged. It's how they're introduced to players. It's how you kind of sell the topic. It's how you stimulate interest in doing the activity. That's what's going to make the big difference. And I think that this is true. There are no inherently fun or boring drills. It's the presentation that matters. And I think we can take this idea about drills or games being boring or not so boring, depending on how they're presented. And I think we can expand on this a little bit when we're talking about pickleball coaches. And that is what I want to do today on Pickleball Problems. Welcome to Pickleball Problems. I'm your host, Mark Renison. Today, we are talking about coaching about coaching. And I don't want to call it what makes a good coach, but I do want to um, offer at least my perspective on something related to coaching. Because in the same way that those drills I was talking about earlier, we were saying some are boring and some are not so boring, but really it's actually just how they're packaged and presented. I think to me, we can think about that kind of idea, but through the lens of coaching. And so I spend a lot of time working with instructors. And sometimes this is through my work at Pickleball Coaching International, but it's also as part of my job as the head of pickleball coach education for Tennis Canada. And in both these roles, I come across a lot of pickleball instructors, either people who are currently teaching or they're planning to teach in the future. And I'm not going to lie, it's pretty often that I see someone right at the start of our instructor course or whatever we're doing and say, wow, this person is going to be great. So what is it, you might ask, what is it that stands out in this moment that catches my attention? Is it the person's playing skill, their technical knowledge, their understanding of tactics, their fancy paddle, maybe they've won lots of tournaments? No, it is none of those things. What makes someone stand out to me, in terms of the possibility of being a star, is them. Or I guess I should say, it's who it is that they present themselves to be when they're out on the court, when they're leading that group. So I want to sort of use an example to kind of highlight what I mean. I was teaching uh, recently in Australia. We were running uh, pickleball certification courses for PCI. And I was in Sydney. And I'm going to talk about someone, uh, let's call her Carrie. That's not her real name, but uh, it doesn't really matter. So Carrie was a very short woman. She's about five foot zero. And a uh, tiny blonde, blonde woman, uh, somewhere in her 40s, I would guess. And before the session started, I didn't really notice anything especially remarkable about her. Like, yeah, she was on time. She was friendly with the other people. But you know, there's nothing really stood out from the beginning. And so I just kept doing my work, preparing for the start of the course. 
But then once we got out on the court, everything kind of changed. I asked for volunteers, as I often do, to run a short sort of group warm-up. And I do this because it gives me a chance to kind of see the playing level of the people that we've got, and there's other things that I get to learn. Also, sometimes people are quite nervous at the start of these courses, so going out and hitting balls early on is a way to sort of deal with that. But anyway, I said to the group, hey, is there someone here who can run a little group warm-up, do whatever kind of warm-up activities you want, it's your thing, we're going to go for 10 minutes. And Carrie was not like a eager beaver, right? She wasn't a go-getter necessarily right away, but she did kind of look around and other people seemed a little bit reluctant. And so Carrie's like, okay, well, I can do it. So then she went ahead and she ran this little warm-up. And I'm telling you, this was one of the most fun, engaging warm-up routines I have seen in a long time. I'm going to tell you more about that in just a moment. I spend a lot of time traveling and teaching pickleball, and I love it. But did you know there was a period in my life where little baby Mark Renison was a manager of a pickleball club? It is true. And while I loved seeing the people every day, I hated the administrative side of it. Whether it was organizing leagues or ladders, recruiting people for our round robins, or even just scheduling different pickleball socials, I found that to be a nightmare. And that's why I'm so impressed with TrackitHub. It's an all-in-one pickleball software solution that would have made my life so much easier back then when I was running this club. Whether it was organizing events or communicating with groups, running competitions, collecting payments, making changes, it would have been so much easier if I had TrackitHub. So I encourage you, if you are a pickleball club owner or administrator or manager, head over to trackithub.com right away. Check it out. Take the tour. See the bells and whistles. I promise you are going to love it. It's going to make your life so much easier. My only regret about Track It Hub was that I didn't use it back in the day when I needed it the most. Welcome back to Pickleball Problems. So just before the break, I told you about Carrie. She was a coach in Australia doing one of our certification courses for PCI. And she had volunteered to run the warm-up for the other people in the group. And we had three courts going. There were 10 or 11 or 12 people. I don't remember exactly. And so Carrie goes ahead and there's nothing really unique about the activities that she was doing with the players, right? She was still hitting some dinks and some reflex volleys, mid-court resets, drops, drives, some serves, returns. What I did like that was, I think we should see more of, is a lot of this was done cross-court. It was done diagonally instead of down the line, which we often do it. But my point is, is that there was nothing really special about the activities themselves she was doing. If you're a pickleball player, and I'm guessing you are if you're listening to this, there's a very good chance that when you warm up before you play, you do these same kinds of activities that Carrie was having her players going through. So it wasn't the activities that really stood out to me or made her the star, but it was the role that she was playing. It was her on the court. So during this 10-minute warm-up, she did not stop moving. Carrie was constantly circling around these three courts. And she wasn't running or anything, but she was sort of always moving. And as she was circulating, whenever she would sort of come across the next person, she'd make sure to say something directly to them. Right? She was praising and encouraging. She wasn't coaching them yet. We're just at the warm-up stage. But, but she was touching everyone. Not physically touching, you know what I mean. She was, um, she was making sure everyone got some really uh, direct attention from her. But it wasn't just talking to individuals. She was still talking to the group. Carrie was loud. She was very small, tiny woman, but very loud. And it didn't matter where you were on those three courts, you could hear Carrie. And she was praising effort and encouraging people, making sure everyone was on track. And it wasn't like she was being rude or barking orders, but she was being a leader. And by doing this, by being this leader, she kept everyone focused, everyone working together. Now, the other thing about Carrie is that she also incorporated humor. 
then this is something that coaches sometimes are reluctant to do because they're worried that it might seem unprofessional. She teased one player because they were working so hard to avoid their backhand. And she joked with someone else. She's like, hey, did you let that ball bounce twice? Come on, man, my grandma could have got that. And it was all taken in the way that she meant, right? She wasn't being harsh, but she was trying to push them a little bit to get a certain kind of quality of warm-up out of them. And it didn't matter that these people were doing drills that they had done a million times before. They were laughing and they were focused and they were trying hard. And it's because of the environment that Carrie had created. And so I would argue that when it comes to pickleball coaching and I think good teaching in general, it's less about what you know and it's more about who you are. I guess I'd revise that. It's not even about who you are. It's about who you present yourself as in front of the group, who you pretend to be done lots of situations with people during instructor courses where their normal way of being, their persona is like quite shy, quite reserved, right? Is that they are not going to be the one who goes to the party and is the loudest voice in the room, right? But when you're out there running a group pickleball lesson, when you're an instructor, it should be clear, I think, to anyone walking by that you're the leader, right? And so for some people, you have to fake it. If that is not your natural way of being, if you don't have a whole long history of being in a leadership position where people had to hear you all the time, if you weren't that camp counselor or that coach in other sports or that phys ed teacher or whatever it might be, then it may be a bit harder for you to be loud enough and to be that leader. But you've got to do it. You've got to fake it. I guess you don't have to. But if you want to be an effective coach, you do. And so effective coaches understand that when people come out to these pickleball lessons, yeah, they want to learn, but they're also there for the whole overall experience. They want to have fun, they want to be challenged, and they want to leave feeling better than when they arrived. They want to make friends, they want to feel good about themselves. And so we as coaches, if we're effective at our job, then we can present what it is that we're doing, the things that we're learning, in a way that also meets all of those other goals. And pickleball really just becomes sort of like the catalyst for this. So great coaches know, you know how to lighten the mood when needed, but also how to push at just the right time to get more out of their players. They can laugh at themselves, you know, but they can also sort of keep people focused when their focus starts to wane. And so in this example with Carrie in Australia, it wasn't so much that the drill she did were that fun or that unique, but it was the way that she interacted with the players, that she showed them that she cared, that she was paying attention to them, that she was supporting them, she was encouraging them. She was the leader on the court. So I encourage you, if you're a pickleball instructor, I should try that again. I would encourage you, if you're a pickleball instructor or you're aspiring to be one, take a minute to assess not just your knowledge, what do you know about tactics or technique or equipment or etiquette? Those are important, sure. But think about who it is that you are on the court. What is the persona that you are putting forward, that you're presenting? Are you the fun, gregarious, competent leader or more like the shy, reserved technician? And I would argue that your success as a coach has a lot less to do with what it is you know and much more to do with who you are, or at least who you pretend to be. That's going to do it for this episode of Pickleball Problems. I would love to know, what do you think of this question? What do you think makes the great coach? I was sort of out there almost saying that the coaches kind of have to be almost like a little bit of an entertainer. And I know that can be a controversial idea. Some people think, no, Mark, it's all about the skill. It's all about the understanding. We're not out here to be clowns or entertainers. I, mean, I don't think we should be clowns either, but you know what I mean. I'd love to know what you think about this. Send me a note, mark at thirdshotsports.com. You can also just call in your comments, right? Or make a voice memo on your phone. Just open up 
the voice memo app, record it, email it to me, mark at thirdshotsports.com. If you have other questions for me or topics you want me to address, why not send it in as a voice memo? I'd love to hear it. We can play it on the show and we can address it that way. Thanks to our good friends at Selkirk Sport for always making great pickleball equipment that we can bring to all of our clinics. And I would love for you to join me again next time right here on Pickleball Problems.